0: And one time at band camp, we weren't supposed to have pillow fights, but we had a pillow fight, and it was so much fun. And this one time, we all lost our music, and we were supposed to play this song, but we didn't know it. So we just made it up, and we kept playing and playing, and the conductor didn't know what we were doing, and it was so funny.
1: Folks, this has been a dizzying last 48 hours, I guess 24 hours, right? And I'm joined by the King of East Texas, Justin Wells, recruiting aficionado, maven, expert, insider. Nothing happens in East Texas without Justin Wells knowing. Uh, He's saying go on, but he he really wants me to continue. Hey, Arch Manning, uh, no joke, people have calculated his NIL potential at multiples of millions of dollars. And when he's got all that money, Justin, and he wants to buy a house, I know the guy he needs to call. His name, well, <laughs> after he calls Justin and you know gives him a low-interest loan, the guy he needs to call is Gabe Winslow. You guys know who that is. You can reach him at 832-557-1095. He's a proud sponsor of this podcast. He's a big supporter of Inside Texas. He's a fan of Justin Wells, which only proves his good taste. If you're in the great state of Texas, you need a mortgage loan, you need to go to the best super sharp guy, very ethical. He's a mortgage broker, which means he has access to 75 to 80 different conduits to get a loan. Most mortgage brokers, dirty secret, when you call them, they got exactly one source to get you a loan. And that source that the uh, rates on that loan are set from up high, there's nothing they can do about it. What Gabe can do is go shop around and make uh, the other lenders work against each other in your best interest. Give them a call, 832-557-1095, or go to mortgagesbygabe.com. Justin, I really wanted to talk to you. I was really eager because we sent our crack elite staff to the Manning Academy. So I want to hear one time at Manning Camp, what happened?
0: Thibodeau, Louisiana. That is South, South Louisiana. Oh, yeah. It's it's what I call swamp. And I left East Texas when it was about 102, 103 with about a 75, 80% uh, percentage of humidity. And I arrived in South Louisiana to 107 and 100% humidity. (laughs) But I got to tell you, even with the thickness of that heat and steam, there was still this clear shine of Arch Manning to Texas, everyone was talking about it. And on the first day, Arch didn't even come to the camp, and he was the talk of the camp. Everything kind of centered around that big decision, that big move. And, you know, I I think we've we've written so much about it, Paul, and we've talked about it so much, how important this is for Texas and, you know, getting a guy of, of the caliber of Arch Manning and that legacy and that name. But I honestly think it might be bigger than we anticipated. I don't know if we fully gauged the effect of this. And in one, and in one way you could you could tell they've had they've had five commitments since he jumped in the boat. Yeah. In another, in another way you could tell, Cooper Manning is literally texting recruits at Texas official visit this weekend. We need you. Texas wow. needs you. And when he sent that message to Anthony Hill, trust me, it, it that might have been one of the biggest recruiting pitches SART could have had. And so Thibodeau was hot and steamy, but Arch Manning was was a, was a was a was a was a ray of sunshine, and everyone wanted to talk to it. Fortunately enough, I got to talk to him the next day. Cool. So, hey,
1: just so people know, what what is the feel of the, that academy? Like, were you were you seeing the guys throw, or were you more just talking to people on the side? Like, what what was what's the basic setup,
0: and what did you experience there? No, it's, many people it, get the opportunity to go, obviously. Okay, yeah. It's it's all for quarterbacks. It's mostly quarterbacks, and obviously wide receivers. You got to have somebody there to catch, you know, for that. Um, it's really a, an incredibly well-run camp. I've been to so many of these mega satellite camps that have three and four hundred kids on one field at once, and it can be anarchy. It can be really disorganized. They had thirteen hundred quarterbacks on one field, and it was so well-run. Like you, it, 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 and you can't be surprised because the Mannings have their name on it. And I get, I'm getting more of the sense, the fact when they put their name on something, it's big. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's 1300 kids from all over the country. I met kids from California, from Washington state, from Massachusetts, from Connecticut, from Florida, kids come from all ages, nine years old, 10 years old. I met the next Manning Peyton's son, Marshall. He's 10 years old. He's got a nice arm angle. He's got a, he's got some velocity on that pass. It's a it's it's a camp. It's the quarterback heaven is what I would call it. And you not only have 1,300 kids throwing the ball, you've got another 50 college Division one quarterbacks as counselors. They're teaching, and they're also going through drills. They're also throwing the ball. I got to see a lot of guys that you wouldn't normally see up close. One notably, Will Levis, the Kentucky quarterback. He's a unit, Paul. That, that guy, that's what I think an NFL draft pick looks like. And I can see why he's kind of jumping up boards because that's an impressive kid. And so you just get quarterbacked everything. You get a Q&A with Peyton, with Eli. Archie hangs around and helps out. Cooper hangs around and, and helps out. It's certainly a family affair. And then you have another 200 college and high school coaches volunteering, <laughs> all volunteering, getting the kids put in a dorm, they get to stay in the dorm for three days. They get breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They get hydration stations. They and you needed it obviously just because of the massive heat. But you know, it's 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 all manning at Nichols State University. And this was the 26th year of it. And everyone was still just talking about Arch.
1: That's awesome, man. Well, hey, I don't know if you know this because you you have me built up as a, a California effete, but uh, my parents are from South Louisiana. So, okay, that, that, ever, that kind of makes a little sense. Have you ever heard of St. Martinville? No. Okay, so go to Lafayette. Okay. Go 25 miles straight out into the swamp towards New Iberia.
0: I know that we used to, I used to work in, a, or not working. We had an oil, oil, oil rig yard in New Iberia. Cost yep. Lafayette too. Yeah, there was yep. plenty of those in Lafayette too. But Absolutely. That's, that, that's cool. That's cool. Um, you know, the thing about South Louisiana, I worked in the oil field down there for, for, for a few years you're either family or you're an enemy there is no gray area there's no middle ground and you know for you know i like to try to get along with everybody and that's why i love south louisiana they have their own kind of dialect they have their own kind of accent and it's 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 it's, it's a cool place to be i don't know about early june but but it's it's definitely a, a different place with a, a outstanding food
1: i've, I've experienced The good and bad of that area, visiting relatives many times, amazing food. And both the men are the primary cooks. The women can all cook, but the men are like, it's a big deal when you do the big production. The men get out there and do the cooking, they do the etouffee and all that. But uh Mm. that humid air when it's hot, dude, it's it's resistance. Like (laughs) it, it, it it is a blanket on you. I'm telling you right now. How Eli Whitney invented the cotton gin before air conditioning was invented, that guy must have been Isaac Newton smart because that humidity will take 20 points off your IQ just off a of
0: lethargy, man. You know, you, you, you've been in Texas, obviously. You know how Houston is, Galveston is. I've lived in Houston. It's pretty thick down there. East Texas has humidity. It can be thick. But I, I think I give the nod to South Louisiana on the on the scale of the most, just because maybe they're so close closest to the Gulf, or maybe that's just because that's how Louisiana is. I think it mixes up with the sulfur fumes and like some, some
1: periodic table of elements stuff's happening. That I don't understand, Justin. I'm too much of a simple man. What I do know is that the University of Texas is thick with freaking commitments. And I know you're losing your mind because Justin's working his ass off here on a Sunday, uh, getting all those commitment stories up. And um, hey, man, I just want to go through these really quick. I know we've got more that are coming. And uh, I want to get your quick thoughts on, I guess the dam started breaking right after Arch with Leona
0: LeFau. Is that how you pronounce it leona Le- Lefau? Lefau, okay Le- leona yeah Le- leona Lefau. so i watched his film
1: little guy he's about he's a six foot tall maybe six foot tall 210 pound linebacker y'all don't get hung up on that uh, if you want go look at the all big 12 teams of linebackers the last five years you're going to notice malcolm rodriguez you're going to notice terrell bernard these aren't big dudes. What these are dudes are who can fly. They can move laterally. They're quick-minded, not just quick-footed. That's LeFou's
0: tape. This dude hits, and he can move. He's your, you know, you, you see throwback, traditional used a lot when you're describing him because that's what he does at inside linebacker I've learned that it's easy to find outside linebackers in high school but to find a a traditional inside guy that can shoot the gap he won't get caught up in the wash he can he can he can cover in space for his area that that's becoming more and more of a you've got to have that guy you know 2005 Texas team had Aaron Harris that was that guy you have to have that, that plugger in the middle, and you want him to be a little, not crazy, but you definitely want him to be a little off the rocker because there's a lot of collisions in the middle of the field. That's where the line of scrimmage, that's where it starts. LaFalle was a nice surprise. I'll be totally honest. I, I, thought, I thought Oregon was really trending with him, uh, but you got to give Jeff Choate a ton of credit. Um, and Jake Lange, uh, one, of the, one of the recruiting uh, assistants at Texas as well, was, was, was in on this. You know, you've got to have a guy that plays inside. You got to have a guy that that can, can literally not be um a detriment. He can't be the guy that this offense is looking to to pinpoint in, as a mismatch. You can't be that guy on the field. And I think too often we've seen that with Texas inside linebackers in the last decade or so. This kid is he, he's a throwback. He's about six foot six one, two ten, two eleven, two twelve. Um and he's just going to hammer. I love the Malcolm Rodriguez. I love that you mentioned that because he's not quite that size, but I, that that's a really good that you want. That's kind of the guy you want to get out of him. And it, on another note, he also has a friend with, that's from Kahuka that lives in Lehigh, Utah, right now. He's a four-star edge named Tasili Akana, who also grew up around him. And Leona talked quite a bit. He's a four-star that Texas is in on. And now I think the horns might be getting closer to him as well. Uh, and so uh, give Jeff Choke credit. He took it on the chin last year in the recruiting cycle. And this year he went on the West coast, you know, he went Hawaiian and got the, get the big al- Aluhau. <laughs> this guy's great. And uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised with this one. We weren't surprised with any of the other ones, but this one, this one certainly was. Yeah. I was legit
1: surprised. Two quick thoughts, setting up a Polynesian pipeline. If you look, you want to break it down by ethnicity per capita largest chance of playing in the nfl demographically polynesians uh number two he's got some offensive highlights i don't know if you saw that but he can catch the ball he can run around um you saw him like being active on special teams he he has skills i like that i'm actually a little suspicious of dudes at the high school level who are just playing linebacker and are just a pure yeah. specialist I want to see them run the ball. I want to see them catch the ball. I want to see them involved and, and multifaceted enough that they can do other things. Let's move on because we got so many of these dudes, man. I want to talk about two together because, boy, I talked about, I've talked about Kyle Flood being the size queen. He got it. Uh, Connor Stroh, Andre Kojo. These two guys Good. look like the two protagonists in the Godzilla movie, Justin. They're freaking <laughs> huge. 66355, 66340. Talk
0: to me. Yes. In early April, on one of Arch Manning's unofficial visits to Austin, Steve, Steve Sarkeeson and, and Kyle Flood had the idea why don't we bring in all the guys that would be protecting Arch? Like, let him see these are the guys that would be your de facto bodyguards, so to speak. And it was the majority of the 2022 class that had signed. With the four stars, the five stars, the Kelvin Banks, the Devon Campbell's. And then it was some of the, the other offensive linemen. It was the Connor Stroh, it was the Andre Kojo, it was the Jaden Chapman. They also came. And what was funny is I spoke to every offensive lineman that was there the next day, that Sunday after they left. And they all basically said the same thing. You know, this, this, we can see this as an opportunity, not just to, to block for a, a five star quarterback, but really to, to, they love Kyle Flood. I mean, if if that's not apparent with some of these recruits, it needs to be because this guy connects with these kids. I think I've had too much Herb hand in my system for the last four or five years, because I'm not used to this, this high rate of, 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 you know, four or five star type players. These guys, they, it started in April. It didn't start then, but I mean, that's kind of when it started to to come together because I think that's kind of when Arch was really starting to figure out where he was going to go, where he was going to go to college. And so Stroh is huge, and he's also a Texas A&M legacy. He's 6'6", 6'7", 345", 350. Listen, when Cameron, when, he's as big as Cameron Williams, one of the 2022 signees that's on campus right now. Wow. That's the biggest human, one of the biggest, next to Leonard Davis, probably the biggest human I've ever seen. These, and, and we all know Flood likes them big. These guys are, 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 are hefty. You know Andre Kojo, he's gonna he's gonna project it to an interior offensive lineman, definitely a guard. Uh, Connor Stroh is actually probably also an interior lineman, unless he kind of slims down and gets a little bit better feet. He's probably also an interior guy, uh, guy at guard. And then Jaden Chapman, he, he's a tackle. Now he's, he's gonna be able to play guard. He has some Devon Campbell in him, and I say that because one, Chapman's my favorite lineman in this class because of his athleticism. I've seen him play basketball. I've seen this kid do stuff in track. Like, it's just like Devon Campbell. If he just had that nasty streak that Campbell had, he'd be the same player. And so I, I, I think Chapman Chapman is a guy that you could see at right tackle or left guard of that sort. And so, you know, Flood's building, they're p- putting these pieces together. It's happening really fast. It's happening quicker than I think we anticipated. We knew there would be an arch effect. We just didn't know. what extent and that's kind of what i meant when we started the show i don't know if we really realized how big this possibly could be and so so far five commitments in one day uh it's pretty large and maybe more to come uh hey quick thought on Jaden chapman
1: you're the guy who really hipped me up to Jaden chapman made me watch his film uh very athletic great movement just well put together and You've been on this guy from the beginning. You mentioned him very specifically as one of your top five dudes in the state that Texas had to get. And uh, Harker Heights, obviously, Centex guy. That's another aspect of credibility for Texas. You can't lose these guys who are 50 minutes up the road if you want them as a priority. You got to send a message that you're going to defend your home turf. Also, Stroh and Kojo, uh, Kojo in particular. Kojo, I, I don't know if you saw some of his spring ball uh, tape he's trimmed up a little bit he's moving better that's a good sign uh, that's something you saw very similar with the young man who's on the current texas roster who's going to be starting for texas in 2022 mr connor uh hayden connor he got he got a little too heavy in high school right he yeah. trimmed up a little and he showed up to texas ready to play hayden connor and connor Strow walking together will be the most terrifying ginger combination you you could imagine they need to head over to the Scottish games. It's the garbage pail kids from hell. Oh, my God. Um, you need to wear kilts and head over to the Highland games. Hey, there's
0: something about Kojo. He's only 16 years old. Whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he's a young one. He's like the Terrence Brooks of this class. He's a year younger than everybody else. Does, and so that's something. And he's powerful. Like, and he needed to slim down. And I'm, I'm really glad he went in that direction. Does uh, Kojo have some Cujo in him? Is he aggressive? <laughs> I don't know if he has any dog I I think he I think he has a little bear but it's just because his paws are so big and his claws are are pretty sharp but overall you know you get you get three linemen and let's remind the listeners they were all on campus this weekend and they all popped on the same day usually these kids space them out and they they want their time they want to do it on their terms but they decided to do it all together and I think if that that doesn't show you even more buy-in for Shark in this regime. I'm not sure what will. I'm with you, man. Uh, hey, man, Jonah Wilson, I know, look,
1: you, you're more in tune with this by a factor of five. It surprised me. Not that he committed, but that we accepted the commitment and didn't want to string it or play it out a little more. Hey, man, you got to trust the dude who's making the eval, who's, who's got the firsthand knowledge. Uh, This is the kid from DeCaney. He's obviously talented. He's well, he's well regarded, but he was one of many prospects that UT had on the line.
0: Why did Texas choose to reel Jonah Wilson in? I think the main reason was right at this second, as we're talking, they they're unaware where they stand with Jaden Greathouse and Jalen Hill. Yeah, that's my guess. That's my guess. Um Jalen, you know, caught caught up with both of those guys over the weekend. Joe Cook was in uh, college station for state 707. He did the same. I think I think Jonah Wilson was going to be a take regardless, but I I think they didn't expect Ryan Niblett to jump in like they did. And so when he did, they had to kind of readjust their timelines and their and their numbers and such. And I think the number is going to be four for the numbers people that always want to know that, uh, which can change, you know, that thing fluctuates, but you know. Jonah's a good football player. Jonah's Jonah's a, a well put together kid. He was at, the first offer was from Pitt from Brennan Marion. And so he actually had a great, he had some, he had a real great connection there. I caught up with him at the Houston mega camp when Jonah just showed up just so he could hang out with coach Marion and coach Sark. Uh, and, and he always, I think, wanted to go to Texas. And I think it was one of those things where Texas was just kind of trying to judge their numbers and, and see where they, where he landed. And you made the best point. You know, if this is an evaluation from Coach Sark and Coach Marion, we have to trust that because these two guys have proven they can get high level guys, they can develop high level guys. And so if they see something in Jonah Wilson and I have to go back to my always the translation in basketball, that's actually when Texas offered him was after his basketball game. Sark had just got the job. Marion was just hired. Jeff Banks was with them. They went and watched him hoop at Decaney, offered him afterwards. You know, that, that, that talent does translate. He's your stereotypical outside guy. I think this wide receiver room needs more of that guy, kind of guys that can get down the field a little bit more. And so I, I like Wilson as a take. I, it, it gives me pause because of Jaden Greathouse and Jalen Hale. But guess what? Uh, this class is fluid, it's moving rather fast, and that could change in 24 hours. Jonte Cook. I don't want to say on the air, done. But I feel really good about yeah, where Texas have, is and John cook And I could even see a decision maybe in the next four or five days. You
1: know, it would be irresponsible for you to say done. So absolutely. Uh, I'll say I'll say it for you. <laughs> <laughs> the cook is in the burnt orange kitchen. Uh, hey man, other than LaFao, all the players that committed were offensive players. That makes sense with Arch Manning, but I think the Arch Manning commitment has had some little psychic shock waves through both sides of the ball. Anthony Hill apparently just wrapped up a, a pretty amazing official
0: visit. You, yeah, absolutely. You know, if Arch is the big piece on offense, I think you could make a, a case for Anthony Hill being the big piece on the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was fortunate enough to catch up with him and his fan. His father uh, at post visit on their way home, and you know this is a kid that's been recruited for three years. Paul, he has gone through this process a long time, and it is wearing down on the family. When when, when you're a prospect as a freshman, it, sh- it 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 shows up four years later on the on your fam- family's face. They've probably taken thirty or forty visits, and so I think I when I asked him asked his father, "What's what's the timeline look like right now for Anthony coming off this visit?" He said, "Anytime, it could happen anytime." And I think that's a small change. I think this was probably, from a timing standpoint, the best possible weekend to bring any big-name recruit into Austin because the Texas coaches were walking around with BDE, and they felt really good with the, we got Arch, who's next. And you could just kind of tell, talking to to, to Hill, you could just kind of tell. He said last year when they came in for elite camp, Arch Manning was there, and Shante Cook and Malik Muhammad, and Stark leaned over to, to Anthony Hill's dad and says, you know, I could, I could really, that, that would be a dream, wouldn't it? I mean, could that really happen? And Anthony's dad's like, you know what? You never know. And that was a year ago. And so they built a great relationship there. Jeff Banks does a great job with, with Hill. Um, he's got one more visit. He's going to go see Texas A&M. I think OU is clearly in it. I think A&M is probably Texas biggest com- competition. I don't think he just visited USC. I don't consider them in it. He visited Alabama. I think he could commit to Alabama, but for some reason, I feel like he's going to stay the proximity kind of benefits a little bit more. I think he wants to stay a little bit closer to home for whatever reason. At the end of the day though, Texas did exactly what they needed to do with Hill on this official visit. They they brought the vibe, they brought the energy. They understood that we're in a good position, let's pounce. And I think with all these commitments that you've seen today, and and there's going to be more soon, uh, I think it's one of those things where, Maybe he's caught up in that post visit kind of buzz, and I, I really want to catch up with him probably in another week or so to kind of see where he's at. Because I get the sense this this recruitment is going to be over before he begins his senior year. And I think Texas before this weekend, I think Texas was probably in second or third. Now I think they're squarely squarely in the mix with AM and OU.
1: That's awesome. That that is exact. I mean, God, getting linebackers, man. Like difference making linebackers. We need that bad. And uh, I'm I'm just wrapping up the final parts of my football preview, the Thinking Texas football. It's dude, must buy load off my back, but looking at our linebackers and having to try to figure out how the coaches are going to deploy that in the best optimal way. It'd be nice to plug in old Anthony Hill. I can tell you that. Um hey, I man. can
0: envision LaFao inside, Anthony inside. Galette on the edge. That's, that's, that's dreamy. Justin Wells, master the segue.
1: I want to talk about Darian Galette. Formerly of Marlin, currently of Teague. And no one knows more about this recruitment than the man I'm talking to right now. Talk to me.
0: Talk to me. Darian, the way I describe Darian is when people say, what does an Alabama look, linebacker look like? Looks like Darian Galette. Six foot three, 230 pounds. Uh, runs the anchor. On the four by one and four by two in track. <laughs> Height, long jump. Plays above the rim in basketball. His body should not be able to be that explosive off the floor. It, it it's truly so fun to watch. We've gotten to know Galette real well over the last six to nine months. He's an easy Eval. You turn him on, you watch three plays, you offer him, you go to the next kid. It's pretty simple. Everybody's offered him. Alabama, Clemson, Georgia. I mean, everybody in the country wants him. About the time the Texas relays came through, Gillette was there participating, and, and I think something started changing. I know Alabama was kind of in a good position. I know A&M was in a good position. I know LSU, and I still think those teams are, and, and you have to also put in Ohio State as well because they're selling him on that being linebacker U. So you, those are the schools you have to watch for. But for whatever reason, after that relays, it felt like it started tilting more towards Texas. Hmm. And then he came in on an unofficial visit a one day by himself, and they treated him like a king. They basically treated it like it was an official. He got to sit in with the team, sit in with the meetings, watch practice, and engage with the players, which I found from this class and the one previous was is, is instrumental in building these things. And so, Galette now I feel like is in a Texas is in a great position with him. He's been on campus multiple times. He's just now finishing up his official visit there now. Uh, Derek Brown. Uh, the edge from Texarkana, Texas high that showed up uh, in June from 2022. He's working on him. Him and Smajé Burrell commit from North, North, another linebacker commit from North Crowley. They're, they were hosting him this weekend. And let me t- I'll say this, if Derek Brown is your host, you're going to have a really good time. And so I I think Texas did what they needed to do with Gillette. Honestly, I felt like they they were in a great spot before he got on campus this weekend. But this weekend, like I said before, I'm probably saying it too much. The timing could not have been better. It really couldn't have. Everything that happened. If Arch waits two days and does it on a Saturday, I don't know if you get this immediate feedback like you do. But the fact that he did it when he did it, the fact that the guys they had lined up coming this weekend were these particular players hey I, I really like what texas is doing with Gallette. and you know I, everyone he is a special player special athlete both parents played in college his dad's a basketball coach he's a coach's kid he's a yes sir he's a no sir type of kid he is what an alabama linebacker looks like and if you want an alabama linebacker play that's who you get you know we i think sark mentioned this and i love the the
1: metaphor of there's a reason your windshield is bigger than your rear view mirror in life, right? There's also the side mirrors, (laughs) right? They're side mirrors. And that kind of is where you are now, right? You're kind of checking, but you're you're looking if something's up against you, right? If you're going to steer into it. Texas is selling the windshield. Uh, Alabama is selling those side mirrors. Because when you roll out Dallas Turner and Will Anderson, and say hey watch these two cats get up the field and dominate as they're going to try to do in austin in about mm, 80 days uh, 69 60 how many
0: not nah, 69
1: no that's that that's the opener dude we're not we're not playing oh yeah 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 Yeah.
0: i'm sorry i'm sorry i just wanted to work that i just wanted to say i think you, I think you I wanted, to wanted to work wanted that to into my family friendly podcast didn't you i know i'm sorry how yeah. dare you uh
1: you're right it'd be be in the 75 look man that's an appealing sell selling those two cats flying up the field wreaking havoc but sark i gotta i gotta hand it to him he is crafting a vision of what will be and he's selling it to these guys and it's working it sounds to me i'm reading between the lines sounds like galette a dude who's going to drop for texas
0: I feel good about Galette and Texas where they're at right now. I think the family is, is happy. I want to give some, also some credit to Chris Gilbert, director of, uh, of high school relations. He does a tremendous job with the first class and with this current class and building relationships and, and just getting to you know these coaches and these parents. And then also Jeray Bledsoe. You know, he played he played with, uh, with, with uh, Galette last year. They're both from Marlin. And so, I mean, obviously Jeray missed the season, but they played together. And, you know, Jare loves Texas. He loves everything about it so far. And so he's getting that from him as well. And like I said earlier, Galette's gotten closer to some of these players. And when I see these, these recruits getting closer to the current players, that's when I start seeing things tilt, like with Malik Muhammad, the corner out of South Oak cliff. I feel like the fact that he's been around Jonte cook, the fact that he's been around some of these other players recently, I feel like that's why that recruitment is tilted towards Austin as well. And so with Galette, I, I love where Texas stands right now, and it'd be hard to pick another school, especially with the uh, the, the arch effect that we're we're seeing. Hey, what what classification is Marlon? Two A.
1: Can you imagine? You're some two A lineman. You know, you're five foot eight, two hundred and fourteen pound guard, right? And you're lined up across potentially Jure Bledsoe and Galette. That's just. I mean, it's a good thing for the two A. <laughs> it's a good thing. That Bledsoe missed that year, just for the sake of
0: the health of some of those kids in 2A. Yeah, um, about that. That's why there's a running clock in Texas high school football. Yeah. Otherwise, you would be, kids would be rolling out on stretchers at the 2A and 3A level. Like when Steve Edmond was at Dangerfield, when they were 2A and 3A, that was unfair. I yeah. watched that. That was a, a grown-up playing children. When I saw Leonard Davis play basketball at Wortham against a, a playoff team, that was a grown-up playing with children. <laughs> <laughs> He's, uh, that's certainly something that certainly applies in my opinion.
1: That's funny, man. Yeah, I always um, laugh if you ever look at some of the old tape of some guys who came up in like a state that's not very good at football. Like uh, I had an a old friend that I worked with who his older brother was a, a really good player from Massachusetts and he's like oh, you want to you want to watch some of my uh, championship game film I was like sure and he put it on and I, like the two guys there were two guys in the room from Texas and we were dying laughing <laughs> at just the quality of the football but he was great he was a you know he's a major uh, college prospect he went to Boston college but it was like a bunch of little kids trying to tackle their older brother it was hilarious it was it was watching Gronk at a junior high school, basically <laughs> But yeah, I love those sorts of asymmetries, and you just pray for everybody's health that they can make it through the game. But Justin, you've been the answer to my prayers today, my brother. I know how busy you've been. I know how stressful it is to have all these guys rolling in. There's no one I'm more confident in that you're on top of it. I appreciate you. I know the listeners appreciate you because you always bring it. Thank you so much
0: for joining me, man. Hey, brother. I'm always. Uh, uh, I'm glad that we didn't take so long for me to get on the second time. This time, I like the the timing of this as well. I was going to try to wait another
1: two years just to play hard to get, to let it build, let it build, let it build. You're such a tease, but I I, do
0: like the anticipation. I know you do.
1: All right, my man. (laughs) Y'all don't have to anticipate anymore. I'm going to recruit Justin Wells to get on here again sometime in the next couple of weeks. Y'all take care, and uh, Arch Madness will continue. Do you need a realtor in Central Texas? of course you do. We all need a realtor in Central Texas. Even those of us who live in Dallas or Houston or San Francisco or Denver, Colorado, you need to go to Central Texas anyway. And the reason is Laura Baker is a fantastic realtor. She's great at what she does. She's a member of the elite Andy Allen team for Keller Williams. You can reach her at 512-784-0505. Talk with Laura. If you're thinking about putting your house in the market, this is a great time to get market comps. Uh, if you're looking to buy in the market, you need all the help you can get Call Laura and it's 512-784-0505. Are you worried that recent events have derailed your retirement plans? It certainly made us reassess all aspects of ours. And that's why we're proud to offer our listeners a chance to work with David McClellan, a fiduciary financial advisor from Forum Financial. David's practice specializes in financial life coaching and retirement planning. And right now, he's offering free consultations for our listeners if you mention the podcast. As part of this consultation, David can help you understand your financial freedom number and what that means to you in assessing your future financial plans. If you want to build wealth, if you want to make optimal decisions within your financial life, David is someone you need to talk to. You can reach him at 312-933-8823. Once again, That's David McClellan at 312-933-8823. He's located in Austin, Texas, but he's got a nationwide clientele. Do yourself a favor and get some great financial advice for free and see if you might want to work with Mr. McClellan. I think you'll be happy with your phone call.